So a parking benefit district or a PBD um, is a concept where paid parking, metered parking is implemented within a district or you know, a defined set of boundaries. And then the meter revenue from that paid parking is then shared back with that particular district as a funding mechanism for public improvement projects. You're listening to The Parking Podcast. Views and opinions are my own. The Parking Podcast is brought to you by the International Parking and Mobility Institute, the world's largest association for professionals in the parking, mobility, and transportation industry. Learn more at parking-mobility.org. Welcome back to another episode of The Parking Podcast. With us today is Maria Urshad, Assistant Director of Park Houston, also known as the Parking Queen by the Mayor in Houston. How are you today, Maria? I'm doing great. Thank you, Isaiah. It's such an honor to be here. Yeah, thanks for joining. So uh, if you've listened to the podcast before, I always start with the same question. I want to know how in the world did you get into parking and become the parking force that you are today? (laughs) Well, that's a good question because like you know, none of us choose the parking business. It chooses us. Yeah, that's so true. You know? And just like everyone else in the business, you know, I was put here. We don't really seek out the job. It's just something that, you know, kind of ends up in your lap. And it's like how you, how you handle it uh, moving forward. So um, I was a public information officer at the municipal courts department. And I was about two months into my job and I left for a vacation. And that same day, the then mayor of Houston, who was Bill White, um, he did a little reorg and the director whom I reported to was moved to a different uh, department. And uh, I called her and I was like, look, I know you got moved and I, you just hired me and I just moved over. And do I need to come back? Do I need to cancel my vacation? She said, no, no, you're fine, Maria. Don't worry. Just go on your vacation and come back. Everything's going to be fine. And so when I came back, I found out that there was a massive reorg and I was put in parking management, which is what we were known as then. Oh no. Yeah. Oh my gosh. And I just, I was confused. You know, I came from a communications background and here I was in parking. And to me, parking was just about, you know, you put a car between two lines. It's that simple. That's it. (laughs) You know, what was I going to do as a communications professional in parking? I felt a little bereft at the time, you know, for about two weeks, I was just moping and coming into the office. And then Mayor Bill White at the time had hired Liliana Rambo from Hollywood, Florida. She also was at the Miami Parking Authority. I'm sure everybody knows Liliana in the parking industry, Oh, yeah, industry, right? IPMI yeah. past president, yeah. Yes. And so, you know, Liliana came to Houston and she became head of parking management. And, you know, I call her my parking whisperer. She started talking about parking and then I started reading about parking, getting more interested in it. And, you know, here I am on, almost uh what 18 years later so (laughs) it turned into a career for me I I never expected that (laughs) and you're one of the rare few that spent your whole career under one parking firm or company so that's that's hats off that's pretty pretty awesome to yeah it's a trip (laughs) yeah it really is yeah I love Liliana and then that's a great story and I think I've heard some people maybe they were in school for 
counseling psychology. I think then they got into parking. I think those actually probably go well oh, together yeah. with dealing with people and personalities. But uh, mm-hmm. I think communication is actually is actually really good background for a for a municipal kind of parking program because it really is all about communicating to your customers, stakeholders, vendors, management team. So uh, that's that's pretty cool. But I'd love to learn more about Park Houston. I know that it's a huge city. I know a lot of my mentors actually came out of uh, Houston back in the day, uh, learning, cutting their teeth into parking. So, but what, you know, I know there's probably different sections of of the operation, but kind of what do you oversee? How many garages, spaces, on street, off street, both? What's that look like for Park Houston? Yeah, sure. So uh, we are responsible for the enforcement of all on-street parking regulations within the city of Houston. Now, the city of Houston is massive. We're 644 square miles. But most wow. of our work, yeah, <laughs> most of our work is in the urban core. You know, it's, that's where we have our parking challenges. Um, we are primarily on-street. So we've got about 10,000 on-street parking, metered parking spaces. Uh, we have a, you know, 19 surface lots. We also manage the um, Houston Public Library public parking garage. So Houston First is responsible for the management of all the city facilities. So we have parking garages in downtown, but those are there to service like the convention center, our theater district, all of our events venues. And Houston First is the manager of all of our events venues. So they oversee all of the off-street parking. And then Park Houston is responsible for all the on-street. Now we work very closely with Houston First because you know the on-street and the off-street is you know, coupled to tied in very close together. In addition to the on-street parking, the, the surface lots, we uh, also administer about seven different types of parking permits. We have the compliance team who are responsible for enforcing all city and state codes. And that's, you know, we go out into neighborhoods as well for safety violations. We have residential permit parking programs. We have parking benefit districts. We have community parking programs. And we are also the administrator of the employee and transit program for all city employees who work in downtown. That's a lot going on, man. That's crazy. And you, you had me at 10,000 spaces. So, so what, what kind of technology is these single space pay stations, yeah. mobile payments? What does that look like for you guys? So we have a kind of a combination. We have primarily, you know, the pay stations out on the street. We have pay by plate technology. We also have pay by app. So you can use an app to pay for your parking. And what we've also been doing of late is instead of adding more, you know, street furniture, adding more pay stations, we add more pay by app zones. So for example, seven, eight years ago, where we would put a meter on one side of the block and then put a meter on the other side of the block, we now would just put one on one side of the block and have pay by app on the other side of the block. And if a customer didn't want to use the app or felt like they wanted to pay the pay station instead, they would have to cross the street. And then we have some single space in locations where you've got either, you know, kind of a small number of parking spaces or the terrain is just not suitable for a pay station. So we have a, a mix. Yeah. I love that. Robert Fair and I had him on the podcast uh, before uh-huh. the city of Columbus, he calls it the asset light, but yeah. I think, I think that's it where you, you still have that option for that uh, for equity reasons or, or whatever, if someone has cash and only has cash, they, they can still, maybe they have to walk a block or maybe two, but we still have that for them, understanding that there's still 1% of the population that doesn't have a bank account or a phone, but 
I'm actually hearing that more people now have phones and bank accounts. It's more of a concern of uh, the credit card than the cell phone. Because even, yeah, you know, a lot of the, the homeless people are people that that you would wouldn't think do yeah. have cell phone cell phone plans. So, and then, I think I I think yeah. I read somewhere that there are more cell phones in America than there are, than there are population. So I think our yeah. population is 340 million, but there are higher number of cell phones. So man, I'm getting PTSD when I had to have like two or three phones for work yeah. over and weekends and, oh man. So yeah, I hear you. I could see how that's, that's possible. So, I mean, and then just, I know you kind of talked us through that, but what, I mean, what's your like day-to-day like, what's your headaches or what is your, uh, what do you love about it? Kind of walk yeah. us through what, cause you're assistant director, kind of what's involved with that. Yeah. So what I love about the day-to-day is it's never the same. You know, I think that's why I've been able, you know, I, I've been here so long and I, I still can't say, well, this is just like yesterday or this is what we did last week. It's always something new every day. Just when you think you've seen it all, something new comes. <laughs> um, so true. I, I, my personality does not do well with like yeah. having to do the same data entry every day. I would just go mad. That's my favorite thing about parking is that every day is totally different. Yeah, my first job with the city, I was an event coordinator and we had the same events every year and I had the same calendar and I knew exactly, like after two years, I was done. I said, I can't do these events. The same event year after year. I mean, we change it up a little bit, but it was just very routine. So um, the change is just great. I think also um, you have to be able to see all the details, but also be at a higher level as uh, the assistant director. The operation is pretty complex. And, you know, I grew up here in, in parking. And so the details like live in me, that's what I grew up in. So sometimes it's hard to pull myself out of, out of the details so that I can be at that higher level and just focus on strategizing for the future. Cause sometimes you just want to fix the things that that you see right in front of you. Right. Oh man. I, I love getting in the weeds and that's a big problem for me as I've grown in my career. It's so hard to, Mm -hmm. to delegate and empower and to trust that these people will fix yeah. the stuff in the weeds. Yeah, I hear you. Yeah. And that's our comfort zone, right? Because we we grew up in that. So it's like easy to go back there. And it's sometimes it's scary to get out there and say, okay, well, let's try this new thing and see how many people are going to follow you. Yeah. And, but that's what you've got to be willing to do, right? Yeah. And then speaking of new things, one thing I did some research and actually watched you present wonderful presentations to your uh, to your city council. But one thing I really want to talk about one of these new things you're doing is a parking benefit district. So I guess tell our listeners what a parking benefit district is first, and then I'll have some questions about that. Sure. So a parking benefit district or a PBD um, is a concept where paid parking, metered parking is implemented within a district or you know a defined set of boundaries. And then the meter revenue from that paid parking is then shared back with that particular district as a funding mechanism for public improvement projects. It's, Pretty much wherever the money is earned, it goes, some of it goes back into that community. Textbook definition. Of course, this is what Shoup has always proposed. It's a hard sell sometimes to go into community and say, we want to put in meters and change the, the fabric of, of your community by putting this in. But there's so many benefits to that. And by the way, we don't even want the money. You know, We want you guys to reinvest this money into your area to make the community better. So that's well said. So like, I'm assuming that you, you put in meters in an area, there's 640 square miles in Houston. So you, 
you have a pocket where you want to put in meters and how does that work? Do you guys like recoup, recoup the expenses first? You know, you had to buy an LPR car, labor meters. Here's the proceeds. Here's a check. Is it maybe just an amount or is it literally all the meter revenues go to that community? How, how does that work? Yeah. Yeah, so for um, Houston, we are we have uh, two existing PPDs, and we're working on a third one. And the framework is the same for pretty much all three of them. Uh, the administrative costs for the program, you know, the the meter cost, the collection and uh, maintenance costs for the pay stations is first removed from from whatever revenues. So we net it out, whatever our costs are. And then the net meter revenues are split with 60% going to the district and 40% remaining with the city. Oh, that's cool. So then you have like a budget and you can almost tell them like, right. we think this is going to bring $300,000 to your community, whether that goes to a dog park, new lighting, sidewalk repairs, whatever. Right. This is what we expect based on doing this in other communities. That's exactly how it and, works. And wow. then the, the advisor, there's always an advisory committee. And their job is, you know, they're made, made up of uh, businesses and residents in that community. And their job is to develop the, the project list and then prioritize that project list. Really, and, then, and, you know, our job is to manage the meters, collect the revenues and tell them how much they have to spend. I was like working on a, on a project and I Googled parking benefit districts in the past and I actually found a really cool like brochure. I don't know if you know what I'm talking about because you probably have hundreds of them, but it was like this yellow and purple uh, parking benefit district brochure that talked all about it. Um, I want to find that, put that link in the show notes. Cause I thought that was really cool. That kind of goes into details all about the PBDs. Yeah. And so, so you, you've had three of them so far, correct? We're working on the third one right now. So I've got two in place. Uh, one, the second one went into place right before pandemic. So we really haven't seen any revenues over there just because we were, it was shut down for so long, but I, you know, things are picking back up for sure right now. Some cities, maybe it's in the ordinances that the parking revenues go into a general fund or, mm -hmm. or whatever. So is it that just something that you've just worked with on the ordinances or worked with council to be able to do something like this? So in, in Houston, we are not a general fund department. We are a special revenue, which sits right in the middle of enterprise fund and general fund. Ah, so and, that allows you guys to be able to do stuff like that. Right. So we have a little bit more flexibility and a little bit more autonomy over our budget. Not to the extent that an enterprise fund has, but certainly more than a general fund division would have. That's great. Yeah. Thanks for sharing that story. I just think that, especially when you're putting in paid parking in a new area, that's just, yeah. it's definitely the way to go. And you got to kind of create that advisory board and the, and the plan yeah. for the revenues. That's really cool. So one, one uh, thing I just wanted yeah. to, because I, I saw that you spoke, you spoke with Dr. Shoup a couple of times on podcasts and you mentioned him. And um, I just wanted to, when I was, you know, thinking about, you know, parking benefit districts, I remembered one of the first articles that I read about parking when I was first moved into parking was parking. The name of it was called Parking Sense, and it was by Donald Shoup. And yep. it was about parking benefit districts. That was in 2005. And I was like, this is a great idea, you know, and I, I didn't cold call Dr. Shoup, but I cold emailed him, if that's a thing. <laughs> yes, that's how I did it, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and him and I struck, you know, we had a conversation, and then in 2000, you know, we just kept in touch. And then in 2013, when I started working on Washington Parking Benefit District, I was emailing him nonstop. What about this? How do we do this? What do you think about this? Um, oh. And so he just, you know, I, it was just... He, uh, 
he's, he a, really, he's a great resource. <laughs> he's a national treasure. I was like 22 when I first emailed him and he always responded. Yeah. And I've sent him some pretty garbage articles asking <laughs> for thoughts and he's read them and critiqued them. And man, what a national treasure for the, for the, for the parking industry. Were you, was Houston one of the cities featured? He did like a like a second book. I, I can't yeah. remember what it's called, but he kind of looked at the parking in the city, parking in the city where he looked at, yeah, different cities that have kind of implemented some of his practices. Was Houston one of those? I wrote a chapter on the Washington parking benefit district for that. Yeah. Book. Okay. Yay, unpublished. <laughs> that, wow. So there, there you go. So we'll, <laughs> we'll have to uh, point people to that book. That's exciting. Yeah. So I'll have to get my hands on that as well. So thank you for all you need to know about parking benefits districts. And I'm sure just like you did to shoot, listeners I'm throwing you out there maria but listeners can also cold email you maybe if they're going through this and they're oh, in their city and have questions so of course uh, that's great and one one really cool bond that we have is well we have a few but cap yeah. certification so yeah tell us about the cap program i'm on the cap board so it's special to me when did you go yeah. through this program and what was that like well, I am from the CAP class of 2010, the best class ever. Oh, no, this isn't Gary Means class, is it? This is Gary Means oh, class, no. yes. Oh, gosh. <laughs> Man, I'm editing this out, that's for sure. <laughs> oh, so, that's great. Uh, yeah, the CAP experience was, I mean, I can't say enough good things about it. I made friends in this industry who, to this day, I will call and say, hey, I have a problem, I have this issue. How, what can I do? Do you have thoughts? Do you have ideas? I mean, the camaraderie, the bonding and the shared knowledge, you know, shared knowledge is key, right? It just makes that, that CAP class, you know, such a exceptional, you know, social network in your life. And, and the, just the knowledge that you gain in the classes, the classes were, you know, I, I got a lot out of all the classes, even the municipal uh, bonds class, which was kind of a snoozer. Do you remember that class? <laughs> yeah, I taught it. I'm glad I put you to sleep. You taught it? <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> well, you are my teacher. It was someone else. I remember him. No, it wasn't me. Yeah. But um, that was like, that was a tough class. But you know what? That knowledge helped oh. me Like when I had to like- Same. Look in, yeah. The, the general obligation bond versus a revenue yeah. bond. Revenues backed by a revenue stream. I remember all, the, all that yes. stuff. Yes. And it is boring. And I think even the teacher would admit it's a boring subject, it's a boring topic, but it was kind of valuable to my career. So, yeah, uh, no, it was just, it was exceptional. I mean, I encourage everyone I talk to, to enroll and, and yeah. expand their you know horizons with the, with the CAP certification. It, it's such a, it's such a unique industry. You don't see like a banker from Chattanooga emailing a banker in Houston to ask for a different company to ask advice on so it just parking such a niche industry with niche organizations it's just you find this weird collaboration and and uh, network that you don't get in other industries so yeah you're exactly yeah and speaking of i don't know if it's the greatest class but when you're looking at credentials in the trophy case i mean we got another ipmi professional of the year so you won in 2020 am i right the ipmi parking professional of the year Yes, I did. Thank you, Isaiah. That's so, I mean, it's, so it's 2020. So we got pros and cons. The cons is you didn't get the special parade and the, and the hoopla, but I'm, I don't like public speaking. So I wish I could have not had to give my 
thank you speech in front of the whole industry, but maybe you wanted that. Maybe are they allowing you to do that this year? No, I, I, you know, I'm not sure. And I, I, I don't miss that. <laughs> That's fine. You know, I don't, I'm fine with that. And I remember when you were recognized in 2019, I co-chaired the committee. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah. I, did you get my Venmo payment? <laughs> I'm still waiting, Isaiah. Still oh, waiting. I... <laughs> no, nah, well, congratulations. I'm thanks. Very proud and and happy for you, and glad we're we share that another uh, yes part of a network of what is it the James Honeycutt uh, yes. Parking Professional of the Year Award winners. Yes. That's awesome it's, and well it's deserved. Really gratifying and and humbling. So yeah, thank you. Yeah, thank how you. can listeners learn more or follow along with what's going on with Park Houston? Mm, well, we are very active on social media. You can follow us on Twitter at uh, HOU Parking. We're on Instagram, Park Houston on Instagram. You could like us on Facebook. You could check out our website, HoustonParking.org. You know, communication is just so vital in our industry. And so, you know, that, that helps me a lot. And with all the social media channels, it's great because it's not just one-way communication, right? You can hear back from your customers, good or bad. And that's just so vital to yeah, improvement yeah. and, and becoming better, you know, and serving our customers. Yeah, absolutely. I do so. want to learn how to tweet, tweet better. <laughs> you know, I'm not very good at Twitter. Twitter it, the Twitter world is just brutal, especially it is scary for sometimes. parking when you're like, I could see like garages, but when you're parking enforcement, it's 99% compliance, but you know, s- some of them are good complaints. You know, I couldn't pay my parking ticket. I'm trying to, it allows us to get it fixed. And there's sometimes there's good feedback. You know, there was, there wasn't a sign there, just there's good and bad, but I just find Twitter is just a kind of a cesspool in my opinion, <laughs> not, not for parking, just in general, but no, in general, terrifies yeah, it's, very, me. it's, it's just, terrifying. Yeah. It's terrifying. I scroll through it every day and I'm yeah. like, I want to say something about this, but am I going to be attacked? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Right. <laughs> exactly. The Twitter brigade. So I've heard from a good friend of mine, you were part of the parking crew that did the tough mutter a few years back. Is that true? That is true. Wow. What was that like? How did that come up? You guys just randomly said, let's do a tough mutter. So again, this is Liliana. It was her brainstorm, her idea that she was going to get a bunch of people to do the tough mutter. And we were, and people flew in from all across the U (laughs) S and, um, was it in Houston? It was in Houston. Yeah. Sorry. Uh, It was in Houston. And I was like, yeah, sure. I'll do it. It doesn't sound too tough. Holy hell, Isaiah. (laughs) This was something else. There were, you know, there had this one uh, part of the Tough Mudder, which was called um, Mud Mile, I think. And it was just, it was just, I don't know, like two feet of thick, sticky mud. And you were going through it. You couldn't walk through it. People were collapsing. Like they were dropping like flies over there just because oh my gosh. they were cramping up. Losing shoes too. Losing shoes. Yeah. It was absolutely the most insanest thing I've probably ever done. And I've uh, done a lot of insane things. <laughs> yeah, I'm hearing there's a long list. No, I'm kidding. But I, <laughs> No, I, well, you I, probably heard right. <laughs> <laughs> I did one last year and it was, uh, it was so fun. But yeah, it's... I didn't expect some, I don't see how some people could do it. Like throwing a 20 pound ball over like 20 feet or carrying a, a bucket full of heavy sand or bricks. It was some crazy stuff that I was like, this is, I, I work out pretty regularly and this was tough for me. So I, I'm re- mad tough. respect to you guys for doing that. That's cool. They had a container full of ice water and you had to put your head under 
like go underwater to get around this like wall. You could oh, walk goodness. through it. It was, I mean, there, so there are, there's two types of Tough Mudders, right? There's a 5k Tough Mudders and they're the ones that are like the half marathon. So they're like 13 miles of mud obstacle course. And we did the 13 mile oh, mud obstacle course. I did the 5k. Wow. The 5k one is a piece of cake. Okay. I'm sorry. Wow. Man, that's amazing. That this was insane. It took us, I think we started in the, like, it took us like eight, nine hours to finish it. And wow. it was just, it was fun. It was fun. And it was crazy. Yeah. It was a and, great, and it it was actually, a I did with friends and some of them I didn't know well. And actually that's really a provided everyone's physically able. I mean, that's a pretty cool team building bonding experience. Cause it, you, what? some of those you have to like legit work together, like climb on each other to oh, get yeah. over the obstacles so oh my god yeah. there was a, a fence that we had to climb over and i just couldn't do it i got no upper arm strength and they just like pushed me everyone just pushed <laughs> me over it i was like okay uh, let's awesome. do this <laughs> right, i got something else for you you ready okay oh <laughs> i love it it's coming back to houston it's gonna be here like in a couple months i just found out it was like um in atlanta last week and that's only like two hours for me but we just didn't work with our schedules but it's on my bucket list for my yeah. son who knows every word, Amazing. every song, has every book. He's listening to In the Heights, Moana, all, all of that. So he's, yeah. So we're going next year. I think it's coming back to Atlanta. So have you been? I've, I've seen it in Houston. So the oh. first time it could, they, you know, the Broadway across America, when it came to Houston, I saw it here and it was just I loved it. And then do you remember last year in the pandemic, it came out on Disney? Did you? Yes. And they've seen it like a hundred times. So now I'm worried it's going to lessen the experience, but I think no. they'll still love it. Yeah. They will still love it. I watched it like a hundred times. When it, <laughs> my daughter would come out. She's like, again? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's great. Yeah. Mine's the opposite. It's me telling my son again. Again. <laughs> uh, and he he knows it all. He sees the mess ups and behind the scenes stuff. It's pretty. Oh, yeah. No, he'll love it awesome. in person. He'll love it. He's spoiled, though. He's like, well, I kind of want to see the original cast. I'm like, boy, oh. just be thankful <laughs> that you're getting to do this. But he, he uh, no, he, I know him and he'll we've taken him to Wizard of Oz and a few kind of off Broadway, that traveling Broadway shows. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, I can't remember some of them. Beauty and the Beast. But they loved it. They they love. I know they'll love this as well. So I'm glad yeah. we also share our Hamilton bond. Yes. Did you ever, um, the last time, well, one time you talked about when you were going to New York that you were going to go to the cemetery where Alexander Hamilton. Yeah. I've, I've visited his grave. Know. He's in downtown New York city, like at one of the churches there. I can't think of the name of it. I've yeah. also done Aaron Burr who's buried in uh, Princeton university. Aaron Burr's buried there. Mm -hmm. And then I got, um, I don't know if you say it, the Schuyler sisters, Schuyler, yeah. Schuyler, Schuyler. I've, I've gotten two or three of them. One's in oh. Albany. I know it's really weird. I have this weird hobby. I think you know, because I made you pull over a few times on our trips, but uh, for our <laughs> listeners, yeah, I like to visit famous uh, grave sites. And so I've gotten, man, close to a thousand. I got one president left. So it's, it's a, but yes, I've got all the, all the Hamilton key players. Very interesting and very morbid. <laughs> it is. It is. <laughs> oh man. That's funny. Well, uh, man, Maria, thank you so much for joining the podcast, for talking to our listeners and for the education on parking benefits districts. Sure. Um, I really appreciate you joining. Have a great it week. Was, thank you, Isaiah. It was fun.
This episode is brought to you by Parker Technology, the customer experience solution of choice in the parking industry. Parker Solution puts a virtual ambassador in every lane to help parking guests pay and get on their way in under a minute. Parker helps capture revenue, provides better customer service, enables your staff to focus on other on-site tasks, and keeps traffic moving, all according to your business rules. With the Parker Solution, you'll also enjoy access to real-time call data and recordings. Learn more at helpmeparker.com slash parkingpodcasts.